Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. My brand new book, Midwife Pip's Guide to a Positive Birth is now available. So much more than a book, this is a guide that allows me to hold your hand through your birth preparation journey. With over a decade of experience and knowledge packed in to ensure you really are empowered in the way you deserve to achieve a positive birth, regardless of the twists and turns that crop up. Make sure that you get your hands on Midwife Pip's Guide to a Positive Birth Book now and are empowered to have the birth experience that you deserve. Hello, I'm Pip, and welcome to the Midwife Pip podcast, the home of expert information and real chats on all things pregnancy, birth, and beyond. Remember, as a podcast listener, you can get 15% off my online courses at midwifepip.com using the code PODCAST15. Mood swings, weight gain, insomnia, libido loss, fertility issues and acne are just some of the possible signs that you are suffering from a hormonal imbalance. Hormones are so prominent during pregnancy and the postnatal periods and this week's guest is here to help us troubleshoot them. Dr. Mary Ryan, a consultant endocrinologist and author of her new book, in It's Probably Your Hormones, explains how good hormonal health is important throughout our lives and how by tackling problems when they arise, we can take control over and improve our own well-being. So good morning, Mary. Thank you so much for coming on to join me on the podcast and talk about, I think, an issue that perhaps has been shrugged off for many years. Absolutely. Yeah. So I suppose that's one of the re- one of the reasons I wrote the book, actually, is that hormones control everything. They control your muscles, your immune system, your mood. Uh, they control all your desires, your falling in love, libido, everything. And I think in particular as women, because of we start our real hormonal journey from the age of 12 on, uh, when most women and girls get their periods from 12 to, to 16. And that is a huge effect. And I often have women coming into me saying that I was actually fine till I got my period because we have four hormones, uh, very, very active for a whole every day of every month, essentially. And I think as women, we need to give ourselves more credit for that. But in particular, uh, you know, when I deal so much with women trying to conceive, uh, we don't realise how important it is to recharge that hormone control centre. So many women come in trying to conceive, thinking that they can, you know, do absolutely everything they ever wanted to do without recharging the hormone control centre, which is the pituitary gland on top of the nose. And 
that essentially, as well as controlling all other hormonal functions that control all muscles, immune system, it controls four key hormones in fertility, which is FSH, which is the hormone that pushes the eggs and in, in the ovary and causes the development of the eggs. LH, which causes ovulation, usually around day 14. And then the estrogen and progesterone that are secreted. And both are very important hormones, obviously, in the overall cycle and affect the mood um, in, in particular. And unless that the, the we are well rested and our energy is 10 out of 10, we will not get that circadian rhythm that we need with the hormones. So, you know, they need to be pulsatile. They work in a circadian fashion. But in order to, for them to work to their optimum, we have to be resting and pacing. And a lot of women don't do that. And I think in today's society in particular, where there's so many demands on women, you know, they, 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 and unfortunately, they're feeding into that. And they're, I get women coming in. I even had a woman yesterday I met, met in a coffee shop, a lovely, lovely woman who told me she was trying to get pregnant and uh, she was after doing a run that morning. And I said, but you look like your, you know, your energy levels are about five out of 10. And she said, yes. And I said, well, what good is a big, long run to you then? You know, so so it's it's the reality that we push ourselves. We want to, we, we almost like we feel that we have to do so much to be visible to ourselves, which is such a shame. And in so doing, we're not looking after our hormonal health. So I think I wanted to cover all of that and and that, that that's really, really important. Babe. So sorry if that was a long ended answer. My apologies if that was the case. But I just think it's so important that women listen to their bodies, try and have themselves at near to 10 out of 10 as possible. And while exercise is so important, running a marathon or a half marathon or even excessive exercise when you're overtired is not going to achieve anything. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And actually, and what, what you say really leads into what I wanted to ask you first of all, which is why you became so passionate in the kind of niche that is hormones in women's health. But I kind of feel like you've you've just answered that for us, which is which is fantastic. And and it's something I think that my listeners in particular who are often um busy mums, new mums, pregnant mums, there is a massive demand on their bodies that is, you know, often we hear people saying that during pregnancy or when you're breastfeeding, you are working at the limit of hum human endurance. Um, so that kind of that pressure and that strain on their hormones just at rest is massive. So when we then add into things, you know, work, exercise, all that other stuff, we need to just grant ourselves a little bit of extra compassion, I think, during during this time, which is a bit of a roller coaster, the, the pre and postnatal period. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to do's, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 seven in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Totally. And I think as well as that, there's a thing on women, which I, I hope will change is that we all, and I'm a mother as well, we all want to be super mums and um, it, it's it's enough just to be a mum. So like, so I find women and a lot of patients that, you know, they're trying to be the best mother they can be, but they're not being good to themselves and thus their hormonal health suffers. And how many times I see women getting underactive and overactive thyroid just right after giving birth. And I'm not surprised because if, the, if they're overtired, um, you 
you know, they're overdoing it, then of course their hormonal system is going to be at risk and the antibodies will attack the thyroid gland and they'll either go under or overactive. So the message I really want to get across is that I really want to empower women to look after themselves and to realise they're equal in this society. That in so doing, by eating healthily, and I'll come to that in a minute, by pacing, by resting, by putting themselves first, that their their hormones will be at their optimum. And then that those women will not be suffering disease. For example, the amount of postpartum uh, hormone imbalance where women feel very emotional, uh, you know, exhausted, burnt out. Uh, that is happening. I'm seeing those women all the time and I'm trying to get the message across. You've got to ask your partner to help you out. You know, in the prenatal clinics, make sure you you, you get the buy-in from your partner and from all the people you've babysat for to, to, to help you out because we all know and anyone that's listening that's gone through labour, it's a tough process. You're exhausted after it. You mightn't have slept for the two months before you give birth to the baby because you're so uncomfortable trying to find a correct position. So you're coming into labour exhausted. Uh, you know, it's wonderful having a lovely baby, but it's okay to ask for help. You don't have to be a super mom. You don't have to think that you have to do everything in order to tell the world that you're brilliant. You're already brilliant. You've brought a miracle into the world. And I think as women, we need to start realising that and be like men and sort of, you know, start looking after ourselves. Men are right to do so, but we need to do the same. And I think we need to take that pressure away from women right after having a baby to tell them, you know, it's okay to ask for help. It's absolutely essential to ask for help. And in so doing, your hormonal health will be much better and you won't get the maternity blues and you'll probably reduce markedly the the risk of postnatal depression, which is really hormone imbalance. It's really just that the hormones have crashed because the hormone control centre is whacked because you're trying to do too much. You're trying to breastfeed. You're trying to get up every night to mind your baby. That's That's not necessary. If you do decide to breastfeed, you can use the pump and let your partner or husband help out. So there's so much that you can do. Ask for all the help you can get. Make sure when you're tired, you rest and plug in like you would. You love your child and you would make them rest if they were tired. You need to love yourself in the same way. That is so important. And if I only get that message across in this podcast, I will be really happy. Yeah, to value your your worth and yourself as a woman. One of the things you just started to um, mention there is around food and diet. And I wonder if you could just elaborate a little bit for us, Mary, about the link between diet and what we're eating and our hormonal hormonal self. Because I think we've, we all relate, you know, how we might feel at certain times of month, what we end up eating and what we end up eating to how we end up feeling in ourselves. So what is the link there from, from your work? So, so what's really important, and I've done a lot of research in this, is the Mediterranean diet has been shown time and time again uh, to be the best diet for all of us and the most healthy. Um, so I always would say to, to all uh, women and men, you know, but particularly women who are trying to live, just eat really healthy. Eat your three good meals a day, your breakfast, your midday, your evening. I'm a lover of the the porridge, which is high in fibre. It just keeps the bowels moving, particularly prior to pregnancy. It's really good. You know, it's lessening the constipation that can happen with pregnancy because of the progesterone levels. Um, But, you know, you can also have your blueberries on it, which are full of high antioxidants. Make sure you portion your food. We're supposed to have four pieces a day. So take a good tablespoon of of blueberries on it. Don't throw the whole carton on it. And um, then obviously make sure you're well hydrated so important. Have your two healthy snacks. So at 11 o'clock and three o'clock, stop skipping meals. A lot of women are skipping meals. Very important. You have those three 
good healthy meal. So lunchtime, you have your salad plate, have your protein. Um, make sure not to omit carbs. Carbohydrates are essential, um, you know, for energy levels, particularly for women who are breastfeeding. So it's important to have the right balance. So your three good healthy meals with your porridge, your two cuts of bread with your salad plate, have your protein on it, make sure there's protein on it, like an egg, you know, salmon, chicken. And then in the evening, your one potato meat veg and plenty of those greens um, and, and the colours of the rainbow. And then, you know, there's this whole thing about intermittent fasting. I'm totally against that. I'm a big believer in eating between seven in the morning and seven in the evening and try not to eat after seven if you can. Now, if you're pregnant, obviously, and you're hungry, of course, you're going to have a snack. But the, the, that's the key way of keeping the, the, the weight right, which is what all those women and, me, and men want to, to do. Um, and in particular with pregnancy, we don't want people putting on excess weight because it puts them at risk of gestational diabetes. So the Mediterranean diet, three good healthy meals, two treats, don't eat after seven if you can and really watch the sweet things. Now, there's a very simple solution to this. When women, and the women for the most part, by the way, pip shop, right? So when they do that one shop once a week, don't bring in sweet things at all. And then go out to your coffee shop, which they're all over the place and it's a lovely social activity and have your treat or else go out with your friend and share the treat twice a week or your husband or partner. But I think, you know, bringing all this sweet stuff in, which is what we do and try, putting that temptation away, which is when we're tired, what are we going to do? Of course, we're going to carb crave. So that's something I've brought into my own life and I've told my patients and my diabetic patients and my um, patients, uh, pregnant patients pre part and postpartum. And you know, it works. It's it's about being honest with yourself and saying, do you know what? I'm human and I'm going to have the three healthy meals. I'm going to have the fruit. I'm going to have all the healthy stuff in moderation. I'm not going to overdo anything. Portion control is going to be really important. And as in addition to healthy eating, get my sleep and also moderate exercise, not excessive, just 30 minutes a day, nothing more. Or if I'm really tired, I'll cut it back and I'll just stroll and then I'll build it up when I get less tired. So that's really, really important, but nothing extreme. But the excess in sugar does nobody any good. It puts on weight. Um, it may put, brings down our self-esteem, but it puts women in particular around pregnancy at risk of gestational diabetes. And remember, if you get gestational diabetes, not only is your child going to be maybe a, a bigger child and it's harder labor as a result, a bigger baby, but also you're putting yourself at risk of getting type 2 diabetes uh, in, in later on in life. So we don't want that. So it's about women loving themselves and making conscious decision to eat healthily for themselves and for their baby um, and for their family. I think it's a really good training for the family to, to either bring in the treat on a Sunday or else go out and have the treat. I think it's wonderful. But that we've to we've to go away from this excess sugar, which was never there in previous generations. It's something actually that's come in in this generation. And I think we've got to watch it. And as a result, we're we're putting ourselves under pressure. We're putting on weight, trying to lose it. And it's a yo-yo all the time and feeling bad about ourselves. Just make a conscious decision not to bring it in and uh, eat three good healthy meals a day, two healthy snacks, plenty of hydration, two litres of water a day. And you can't go wrong. Yeah, I think that's it's a good tip, isn't it? Because we, if we are buying, you know, I love I love a bar of chocolate, but if I'm filling that in my cupboard, I'm not putting it there to look at it. I put it there with the intention of eating Absolutely. it at some point. We just kind of pretend, Absolutely. don't we, almost that, that that's not what Absolutely. it's there for. Yeah, and we should we need to stop punishing ourselves as women. Why are we doing that? You know, just just start loving ourselves and eating healthily, and that's what it's all about. And and making that conscious decision that I'm going to love myself by only bringing in good food. And when I do want to have my treat, I'll go out with my friend twice a week and share it. Or uh, I'll bring it if it's the family. I'll bring in a treat on the Sunday, and we'll ha we'll all enjoy it together. And we're teaching discipline. 
and we're teaching love of everyone by eating healthily. And there's going to be none of this yo-yoing and constantly worrying about calories. There's no need for that if you make that conscious decision just to eat healthily and only have healthy food in the home. And the other thing I want to talk about with, with regards to hormonal health with, with the pre and postnatal population, is that around stress? Because I know I'm definitely a victim to excessive stress and lots of women that I speak to and, and support also really feel that that stress and that pressure around all sorts of activities in life, be it work, be it personal life, be it the pregnancy and birth itself. How does stress impact our hormonal well-being, Mary? So stress affects the the, the hormones in, incredibly. Um, stress or stress hormone is our cortisol hormone, which is secreted by the adrenal glands. So if we become uh, very stressed, is normal, by the way. We all get stressed. There's none of us don't get stressed, right? But what's really important is how we cope with stress. So if, if you know, so if I if I'm worrying about I'm going to do, give a talk and and that's normal stress, my cortisol levels go up, my adrenaline levels go up. That's good. That's needed for performance. But it's this chronic sustained stress that is a, a liability and that is putting the hormone control center um, under pressure all of the time. So that constant adrenaline, constant high cortisol levels, that wears us down and it makes us tired. So it affects the hormones. And once you get that hormone imbalance, the, the, the hormones get affected and you, you need hormones, you see, to control muscles, to go into deep muscle relaxation. So if the hormones are off as a result of continuous high adrenaline, high cortisol, and as a result of that, the, the body, the pituitary gland is, is, is getting tired, you're going to get the hormones down at every nerve muscle junction. Sleep is therefore going to be affected because you don't get that deep muscle relaxation. The bowel is going to be affected because remember, hormones control the bowel muscle as well. So women get IBS. Okay. Um, then energy levels start going down if you're not sleeping. Um, the, the, it's affecting the, the bowel, obviously. And on top of that, then uh, once you get that f- uh, fray of not sleeping well, suddenly you become tireder and tireder and the whole hormone b- b- imbalance just gets worse and worse. And I get those women coming into me saying, Dr. Ryan, my energy levels are about four out of 10. And what are they doing? An awful lot of them are walking, thinking they're pushing the I was thinking that's going to help and that doesn't help, right? When you're exhausted, you must plug in, you must rest, you must pace. You, you've got to eat healthily, pull back from all the excess that you're doing. And also we all have to learn how to cope with stress. So we're all going to be throughout our lifetimes, all of us are going to be in periods where we're fine and then we go through a, a dreadful stress for a moment due to loss of a loved one or really hectic job or, or loss of a spouse, whatever. And it's about giving ourselves the time to cope with that stress, you know, giving ourselves the space to cope with that stress. That's what a lot of the time women don't do. They don't they don't see themselves as worthy of giving themselves the time to cope with the stress, seeking the help of a psychologist or a counsellor or a friend um, at that time. So if you if you just say you lost a, a, a husband as I did, you know, I went to counselling then because if I didn't, I wouldn't have been able to to cope and it taught me mechanisms coping. It was a, a way of t- um, talking about it and letting it out because otherwise I wasn't going to be any good to my patients or my children. So it's, it's about realising you're human, um, talking about it, getting the support you needed, loving yourself enough to do that and pulling back a little bit um, just to 
be able to cope with it. And eventually the, the, the hurt passes and you learn to deal with it and your hormonal system comes back to normal. But I, I see with patients that women in particular and some men do not give themselves that space and that time. They're very hard on themselves. They keep pushing and eventually the body will flop. And we deal with those patients all of the time where the hormone, the hormone control center just is whacked, cannot cope with that sustained stress. And eventually they get exhausted. So it's, it's really important to, to just pull back, to sit down and say, right, I've, I need help. Go to your counselor, take that time out for yourself. That's loving yourself and realizing that you're important. And then in that space, then you'll be able to say, right, I need to change this. I need to pull back on exercise. I'm not eating healthily. I need to do that and do that whole holistic view. The holistic approach is really, really important in medicine and in particular for your hormonal health. Yeah, has I that answered that. your question? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think um, I think it's really interesting when I think back to COVID. I think a lot of the conversations I had with women was around them recognizing just how stressed they were, and that for for lots of families, actually, that time to pause and that absence of a lot of external pressures in terms of work, showing up, being here, seeing you know X, Y, and Z actually allowed them to take stock a little bit and to recognize how they were on this like almost hamster wheel of constant stress and I think a lot of us said you know when we go back to to normal life outside of COVID that we were going to really you know remember that and and take them away as kind of lifelong takeaways but I think it's easy to forget and easy to get back caught caught back up in all of those external pressures so I think it's really valuable just to to stay take stock and recognize actually what are we stressed for and and what's the, the kind of the payoff, if you like, and and what are we kind of giving up in return for that um, in terms of our, yeah. our health and well-being? And the other thing that I think is a really common one, and I'd be interested to understand how this again links to our hormonal health, is around sleep, because we it's you know it's well known that the pre and postnatal population are typically in a state of sleep deprivation, and, and a lot of that is is unavoidable, you know, if you have a a newborn baby you are going to be disturbed at night time you are going to be starting your day perhaps earlier than normal if you know pregnancy is uncomfortable when your sleep's disturbed but what what is the payoff what does that do to our hormones and and our well-being as women when we are sleep deprived Oh, I mean, the sleep deprivation is a disaster. So there's no reason, as I said to you earlier, for women to be sleep deprived in, in the new modern world where we're to, where women are realising they're equal, uh, they're 50% of the population and they're no longer uh, seen as 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 slaves as the, as, and subservient. So the reality is, is that around this time, women have got to ask for help from their spouses, their partners, and they must uh, take that time. Because remember, lack of sleep really increases your cortisol levels, your stress hormone. It also increases ghrelin, which is the hormone that tells your brain to consume food. So therefore, if you're lack of sleep, you're eating food that you don't need. And um, it's also, remember, your leptin is your hormone that tells your body you're full. But if, you've, if you're exhausted, neither of those two hormones are working the way they should. And this is one of the reasons people are eating when they don't need to, when they're very stressed. So what I, is sleep is absolutely essential for the body to recharge. We're just like our iPhones and our Zangphones and whatever phone you have, they need to be recharged to work their optimum. And we women are the very same and our pituitary glands need that recharging to be able 
able to do that circadian rhythm and pulsatile fashion and positive and negative feedback. So women around at all ages, but particularly, you know, around the time having a baby and after that baby, the one thing you deserve is to enjoy that experience after carrying that baby for nine months. Where is our self-worth? So we, you know, in order to do that, you've got to get your sleep. In order to be able to produce milk, you've got to get your sleep. So it's it's time for us as women to realise our worth. The power is within us if we only realised it to actually say no, put the boundaries down and say, darling, I need you now to do tonight. We'll do every second night. And if you want to breastfeed, use the pump. But at least one of you is getting the night's sleep. And I usually say to patients, you know, one of you will have to do the spare bedroom. The other will have to do the, the, the room because, if you know, what traditionally happens is, um, and I hear this all the time from women, they, they try this where he's on duty, but he is in a deep sleep. So she ends up having to wake up anyway. So I always say, if that's what he's doing, you go to the spare bedroom for your night's sleep. But it's so important until the baby gets into a cycle, which often is only a few weeks. But it's so important that women are recharged at this time because otherwise it affects all their hormones, ghrelin, cortisol, leptin. Um, it puts them in bad humour. They don't enjoy that experience. And, and so many women have told me that, they, they uh, you know, they've, say, done the six weeks of sleep deprivation and they get narky and irritable. And they're, they, they say it to their husband and they don't, or partner, and they don't get the credit for it. But, you know, we have to, we, we're in charge of ourselves. So it's up to ourselves to say, listen here, I'm doing every second night, you're doing the others so that I'm enjoying this experience. My hormones are, are where they should be. And, uh, you know, then it's it's a 50-50 approach. But that's that's so important. And I think the sooner we can get women to do that, the better. I, I still worry that even though we've come on so much in the empowerment of women, women still see themselves as subservient and, and even young girls. And that worries me because we should be at the stage where we are seeing that we are equal. The power is within us. We we are equal. Yes, we're. It's lovely that we have different sexuality, but it's it's such a, a pity that so many women don't see themselves as equal. Because if they did, Pip, they would have the right boundaries. They would learn how to say no. They would be eating healthily. They would be exercising properly. They would be looking after themselves the way they should, and their hormonal health would be just amazing. And that's so important because it creates, you know, um, corrects the immune system and controls the immune system. So it's so important. And if the hormones are off, you don't sleep. Uh, if the hormones are off, you're eating what you shouldn't be eating. Uh, if the hormones are off, you're tired, you're emotional, you know, tearful. All of these things um, can be controlled by by women just taking control of their lives and loving themselves and realizing that they're 50-50. And remember, that's so important for the child that you're bringing into the world, that they see that you are seeing yourself as an equal, because that's how we're going to change society. If we see ourselves as equals, then our little children will see that as well. And the boys will will grow to respect the women as 50-50 and the girls will, will know that they've got to demand 50-50. And that's what the role we have as as uh, mothers and mentors and fathers to do that. We we have such an important role in that regard. Yeah, for no, hormonal health. Yeah, re really, really interesting listening to you speak there about sleep. And I have to, I think, probably caveat for some of those new mums listening, especially those those breastfeeding mums, because. Um, I mean, I'd love, to, I'd love to say that it's realistic for all of us to separate, you know, I do half the work at night and you do the other half the work, but we know with breastfeeding, especially if I look back to my own journey, my husband is incredible and we're very much, 
equal in our relationship and he's an immense sense of support and we don't have any other support around us it is just the two of us so we've always kind of got each other's back in that aspect but we had a little boy that didn't sleep through the night for the first year of life he breastfed to sleep that was his cue to get to sleep he did never he never took a bottle despite us trying everything unfortunately that just wasn't a thing for him I never got on with pumping just couldn't get enough milk off we know that pumping in the early weeks is actually um, not advisable because it does interfere with milk supply. We need mums in the early weeks to be breastfeeding day and night. So there is an unequal demand on postnatal yeah. mum's sleep that we have to acknowledge and respect that is kind of unfortunately inevitable part of their journey. And I think that's where actually accepting some of that, but actually looking at those other things you can put into place. So how can you optimize other parts of your health to try and kind of balance that out a little bit? Because um, I don't always think it's quite as black and white otherwise. No, well, as you said, Pip, though, you, you made, you've said a few times there, you had a fantastic husband. And, and that's the thing, you know, you were able to do it because you had that support mm. and every other woman would be able to do it with that support. So, you know, if you've got a supportive spouse or partner who's helping out by giving you tea, by doing all the other things that need to be done, um, then, you, it, then you can, lie, you know, you can rest and, and feed the baby, which is the best for the breast milk to come down as well, you know. Uh, but you do need that support. And, and, and that's the key thing. And I suppose that's the good thing. Thing with paternity leave now that the government are now realizing that that's essential as well but you know women do need support around this time and it's often just for you know two months until that baby gets into that rhythm but it's so so essential for women's hormonal health right after having the baby I mean they've gone through a long labor as I said they probably haven't slept for two properly for two months before and so it's just critical that women get uh, get help uh, all women not just those that are breastfeeding all women after after because they that you know it's just so important that they recharge and as you said if 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 um, the baby won't take the bottle and they want to, to breastfeed like the way you did absolutely fantastic and that's the way it it's fabulous uh, but they, they they need the support and it's important that women are not afraid to ask for the support you know i think that's key yeah we're oh, not meant to and do my heart alone are we yeah what i said we're not meant to do motherhood alone it's a, it's a, it's oh, it's no it's meant to be yeah, and my heart goes out to those women that don't have that support. And I suppose if you're in that situation, just make sure to ask every mother, brother, sister to help out and friend. You know, I just it, it's something that we we don't should we cannot do on our own. Yeah, we, we, we must get help. And I think that's where we've probably gone wrong. We've tried to do it all on our own. And it's very important that we are not afraid to ask for help because it's it's very necessary for our hormonal health in particular. Mm, absolutely. Um, Mary, it's been fascinating listening to you to you talk. I wonder if you could just leave us with your three top tips for hormonal issues in the pre and postnatal populations. So I think the big thing that I want you to do is to realize how fantastic you are as a, as a, as a human being to be bringing in a miracle into the world, that uh, you're doing an amazing thing for the world and society. And in that, you need to, to realize what you're doing. You need to realize your self-worth and your brilliance. And I want you to eat healthily, put yourself first, put the boundaries in place, um, make sure you get your sleep 
pace. So really look after yourself as much as you look after your baby and love yourself as much as you love your baby, because in so doing, you will have really brilliant hormonal health and all the hormones will be working in the way they should in the lovely pulsatile circadian fashion they should. And most importantly, you will enjoy this experience because after nine months of pregnancy, which is tough, you know, anyone that says it's easy, you know, it's tough. So after that, the one thing you deserve is to enjoy that beautiful miracle you're after producing and make sure that you give yourself permission to do that by loving yourself, putting yourself first and doing all those things I told you. And then it will be a terrific experience. I can assure you. Oh, that's really, really positive and encouraging words to to finish on. Thank you, Mary. It has been brilliant to chat to you today. And if you are really interested in understanding your hormonal well-being, then do head over to the episode description where you will find the name of Mary's book so that you can read up more on hormonal health. Thank you, Mary. It's been fantastic to chat. Thank you so much, Pip. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care. Before you head off, I just need to tell you something. 68% of you who listen to my podcast have not hit the subscribe button. So can you do me a favor? If you have ever enjoyed listening and hit subscribe now, it makes a huge difference and helps me to keep bringing you episodes. The bigger the podcast, the bigger the guests, and the more women we can reach and help. Thank you for subscribing and I look forward to chatting again soon.